Welcome and thanks for joining us for the second episode of the Thurston 10 podcast. My name is Pal Williamson and joining me I've got local musician, philosopher, NBA enthusiast, aka Squid, that's what I call him. But I've got Seth Tigner with me. Squid, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Did you mention the local musician thing? I said that right off the top. Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> Just want to make sure. Local as in like very local, as in like his yeah. bedroom. I'm he's... so underground, nobody's heard me. He is so underground, he is a groundhog. Yeah. Thank um, you. So, how are you doing, buddy? Are you excited to be on this podcast? I'm more than excited. I'm actually anxious and a little bit afraid. <laughs> That's, uh, so, that's you all the time, though. Yeah, but <laughs> as well as excited, that's the one part that yeah, makes so that's this a the, podcast. That's the one difference, is yeah. you can be anxious. I'm enjoying myself, mm-hmm. but also, like, there's constant turmoil in my heart. Yeah, you realize that's why we have beer. And podcasts. Just in general. I feel like so, you don't know what podcasts are for. Podcasts are for drinking beer. That's as far as I know. Talking sports. Um, and then this week, we are highlighting the Staycation IPA. From... Smooth transition. <laughs> smooth. <laughs> That's what I'm trying. It would have been smooth if you wouldn't have said anything. It's a podcast. <laughs> this week we're highlighting the Staycation IPA out of Thirsty Street. It's a beach vacation right here in Billings. Well-balanced IPA with a grain bill to balance out the aromatic and bittering hops. Refreshing tropical notes of pineapple, papaya, and mango, resulting from Chinook, Simcoe, and Citra hops. I brought on an IPA guy with me because you and me were both pretty into IPAs. It's kind of more of an acquired taste than, yeah. say, a lager or Pilsner or something like that. I would say so. I've heard it called the white guy's, uh, you know, pumpkin frappuccino. Like the pumpkin spice latte pumpkin for white spice guys? La- yeah, I couldn't think of anything. That's but, why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a white guy, though. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm white on the inside. Okay. That's bones. I hope I didn't just out you to your <laughs> Bones? Yeah, my bones are white. My bones are white. No melanin in these bones, but the skin, you know, different, different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm drinking, I was almost going to bring some pineapple juice, because I've had the staycation splash with a little pineapple juice. It's really brings good. out very that good. tropical yeah. notes to it. And a lot of IPAs will have hints of pineapple or anything tropical, and mm-hmm. pineapple's just got that tropical feel. Um, but this one, this one especially, I think would do really well. Yeah, it's and not overly acidic in terms of citrus flavor. Well, sometimes no. with IPAs, you'll get, it's overpowering. They, with they the, try to overcompensate mm-hmm. for the bitterness, yeah. Which just this makes it a different beer this is This is smooth, it's, it's crisp. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we went and picked up a growler from Thirsty Street. So if you're drinking along with us, cheers to you. Squid, you want to give me a little cheers here? Start off the show? I would love to give a little cheers. Go. Cheers. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? We're going to go ahead and rank these out of 10, each beer we have on the show. Mm-hmm. We've had a 9 and a 10 so far. I heard, on the I one heard there was some had. backlash about that. We had one of our loyal listeners uh, give Dakota Craig a little bit of crap because he was surprised that we started out on such a high note and that he gave a 10 right off the bat yeah but to I that very do it again just to spite him yeah, this I, I wouldn't even spite him because this is a delicious beer that's true and it's the, the true. reason why we're giving such high scores on these first couple of beers we're picking our favorite beers and i'm picking dudes that i know like these beers yeah and this is i i would say it's probably my favorite ipa to come out of billings not montana i mm-hmm. wouldn't say there's some good ones in missoula but up there for sure top three that i've ever had and the nice thing I want to say about it that I forgot to mention, um, it doesn't have that bitter aftertaste. Mm-hmm. You know, IPAs are going to be bitter. That's just a fact of life. You know? It's one of those acquired tastes for sure. But Absolutely. Once you get With, that acquisition. Yeah. In your, it's you, very good. Oh, yeah. You just don't... I Personally, I don't want it sitting on my tongue afterwards because then it's bitter for no reason. If mm-hmm. it's bitter while I'm drinking it, it's got the aromic, aromatic notes with it, the pineapple, mm-hmm. the papaya. 
all the good citrus blends with the bitterness, it creates a nice dynamic where it's enjoyable while you're drinking it. But a lot of IPAs, the problem I've found is after that sweetness and bitterness has come together and dissipated, the bitterness is still sitting on your tongue afterwards. Mm. And it's not blending with anything. It's making food taste weird. It's all the, all the above, you know. But with this one, I have not had any problems ever. Yeah. And Thirsty Street always is a good job. Love Thirsty Street. Um, they always have those sip and paints every other Monday. I mm-hmm. mean, probably not lately, obviously. But those are a lot of fun. And every beer I've had there is wonderful. Yeah, I like... It's one of my favorite breweries to go and hang out at because they've got couple things to do live music every once in a while good atmosphere it's it's great atmosphere yeah so we'd like to thank thirsty street for providing us the beer here today and so what do you got what do you got a score for staycation ipa oh it's tough because hearing what happened last week i don't want to go too high <laughs> if you if you can go as high as you want and as low as i want no yes i want I was gonna say eight. I came in wanting to say eight just because it's a good score, but it's kind of like an average good score. We're like, okay, so it's good. I can try it, find out for myself, and this guy's not like pulling me by the dick about it. Mm-hmm. But I am gonna pull you by the dick right into nine because this is easily a nine, if not higher, you know? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you're <laughs> Weird you're transition. You're scared that. to give it a 10. <laughs> I can understand. I but... am scared to give it a 10. But I, I wouldn't give it a 10 because 10 for me is almost unreachable. It's the perfect beer. I can drink it in any situation. I can play it in a beer pong, you know. I can chug it. I can play it in drinking games. This one. Yeah, it's a much different scale when you're drinking, like, domestic beers versus when I'm drinking a craft IPA. That's true. You, you do rank it for different reasons. Because if I, was, if I was there, I'd have Coors Light of my domestic beers. I'm sitting there just chilling. It'd be, it'd be up there. It might be an eight or something like that on on that scale. Mm. But in terms of an IPA, it's a way different scale. I have to take flavor into account. I have to take different rubric entirely. Yeah, it's it's a it's a whole process. But so these are relative scales. Then you yeah, know, you wouldn't use the same flavor scale you would for a domestic because mm-hmm. the flavor would. But be I a think big the deal. thing for me with uh, the staycation is it's not overly citrusy, like I said. Yeah. But you do definitely get those tropical notes. Yes, absolutely. And anything that I can do to get a bit of tropical, like, flair into my life right now, I'm not going to be on a beach until the airport's open up back again or something. Anything... This is the closest we've gotten to me. This is great. That's why it's called a staycation. I can stay in, have a vacation. I'm going a nine, and I don't even care that I've done that for the past two beers. It's a... Uh, it's a nine. It's a great beer. I'm going to... But like you said, I'm reserving that ten for something amazing. Something that yeah. blows my socks off. And it's I, I absolutely will, perfect. I will give out the 10. And don't worry, we will go give out lower scores for beers that suck. But we sure. just haven't had beers that suck yet. Yeah. Picked good ones. Yeah. Speaking Props of things that haven't sucked yet, mm-hmm. we've had one episode of Thirst and 10 podcast. Yeah. And I would say, from a very biased perspective, it hasn't sucked. So we get ready for all that anxiousness to build up again. And don't yeah. let this episode <laughs> suck. <laughs> So let's jump right in. We got thirst in one. First topic of the day. We'll go one more cheers here too. Just cheers for the first one. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest sports stories uh, this past week, and one of the only championships or any kind of sporting event that remained on schedule for when it was supposed to take place was WrestleMania. Now you and me, we are both not huge wrestle fans. I actually watched back in the day mm. the Attitude Era with The Rock and Stone Cold and Triple H and. All those kind of guys. So I, I have a little bit of backstory, so it was really fun to dive back into this a little bit. I've only seen highlights from WrestleMania 36 that took place over this past weekend. Yeah. But from your perspective, what's your WrestleMania background? Do you have any 
WWE, WWF experience watching? I have never, ever watched uh, WWE Raw versus Wild. What's the other one? <laughs> Raw versus something. SmackDown, kn- probably. SmackDown versus Raw? I know SmackDown and Raw were the things that I watched. Probably. I thought Raw was like an acronym, kind of, but it doubles as a cool one-syllable word that really gets your point across. Like POW. Like POW, exactly. And then SmackDown is, I'm guessing, not an acronym. I'm guessing Raw is not I know well. Monday Night had Raw, and SmackDown, I think, was Thursday nights. But they've changed it now, and I think SmackDown's still around. I don't even know if Raw's still around. See, I, I haven't seen in such a long time. But WrestleMania happened this past weekend. Mm. Um, one of the biggest stories that we were able to take out of it, because we couldn't necessarily follow all the storylines over the course of the actual event, because they build up over the year, and this is the culmination of each of those storylines, the one thing we could follow, though, was Rob Gronkowski. Yes. He was hosting the event. He was hosting for two days. And out of this, we recognize Gronk just because we watch football more often. And he's yes, out there in the media. He's retired from football he's as of right now. He's doing whatever he wants. He's doing whatever he does. He was on The Masked Singer. He was on the first season, I believe, of The Masked Singer. Yeah, um, he was. I feel like he was at a rave or something, too. I think he was a DJ somewhere. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he was a DJ. Yeah. Did like a Shaq thing, you know? Yeah. Shaq is DJ Diesel, I think, is his name. Is that his name? That would make sense. I'm pretty sure. That's a pretty cool name. Yeah. What would what would your... A quick side note. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to go side notes here. But yeah, what would your DJ name be? My DJ name? Uh, it'd have to be something slick. Because DJ... Right, so, something slick is, is his DJ name. That's a pretty good <laughs> DJ name, honestly. That's, that is a pretty good DJ name. Without <laughs> DJ in the title. Mm-hmm. Is that a prerequisite for DJ names? Can you go up and be like, hey, I'm something, I'm something slick. slick, and then just start spinning those turntables? You could say, I'm Dead Mouse. I, that's true. And like, I guess Skrillex. I don't know. I'm DJ Are those Skrillex. DJs, though? Or are they just producers that play like DJs in live concerts? If, some, if, if Skrillex what is came up to me and said he was Skrillex, I wouldn't need him to say, I'm DJ Skrillex, to know. No, but like, is he a DJ, technically speaking? I don't know what a DJ is, now that I'm thinking about Someone it. Someone that spins those ones and twos, baby. I'd probably be... DJ Slick shit. All right, there we go. I'll take or like uh, Squid or Snake. Even though it's already do it, but I'd probably sort of buy that. From you you can DJ you Snake. can change it from show to show if you want. I'll give you that permission right now. DJ um, DJ um, I like DJ um. DJ um is pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> um, anyway, back on the point. We were talking about Gronk and how he impacted WrestleMania 36. He was hosting the event. But out of the event, there's a championship, which I think is a little gimmicky, but then again, what's not in the WWE? The 24-7 championship. The 24-7 championship. Which can be won at any time, technically. Yeah. It's a belt that whoever has it at the, in this point in time was Mojo Rowley, who is apparently uh, good friends with Gronk. Yeah. He got challenged. There were a bunch of people that he was defending this 24-7 championship against at the same time. And I think you, you'd seen the... The video too of Gronk I saw the actually video. tackling those guys. Yeah, right? I saw it. I didn't. I didn't know exactly what was going on because the start of the video, it's basically this giant scrum. I don't even know who everybody's after, but you see like elbows flying in there. These wild, absolutely realistic punches that I'm sure were landing on something. And they're just outside the ring too, so they're there on like they're the just outside the floor. ring. Yeah, and conveniently placed right below Gronk's um, I guess, announcement booth. Or something? Anna- I think it's more of a balcony. Honestly, mm-hmm. he's like you know 15 feet up there. So Gronk, go ahead, he steps up onto the ramparts. He steps over and he's like smiling and the other commentators, because there's like four hosts in different spots, I guess, but there's two other dudes talking about like, what is he doing, you know? Like, I have no idea what's about to happen. (laughs) And he's looking over, it was 
like cute almost what Gronkowski is doing up there because he's holding on to it. He's looking at He's like smiling down there. He's like, I'm about, I'm about to win this belt. And he's like, he's giddy about it because this is his first like WWE. Oh, well, not first, you know, but mm-hmm. he's finally a part of the WWE family. Actually, like signed on to him, not just making guest appearances like mm-hmm. he did the last couple of years. But he's up there. He's all giddy about it. He's excited. He knows what he's about to do. And then he just like falls backward, basically. He doesn't drop an elbow or anything. He falls into the crowd like he's crowd surfing. Like the Sum 41 beat just dropped and the lead singer's out there going, I'm in too deep. And everyone's just losing their minds. So he you know? jumps and he slams on top of these like 10, 15 guys that are there. He's fired for this belt. And there are women in there too. And they're all they're all knocked out essentially. Men, whatever women, the, and children. Whatever the equivalent of Power Rangers punching someone in the stomach and they fall down. Yeah. This is the equivalent of them all being knocked out. He pins Mojo Rowley and thus exits WrestleMania 36 as the 24-7 champion. Yes, he does. And so Gronk now has and another championship the on his belt. And the scene, as I read, yeah, right he, afterwards. He's got another championship under his belt. So that was one entertaining thing. Like he I said, 15 people in we might have to do a deeper dive into WrestleMania um, next week or the week after. If, if you want a little bit more WrestleMania coverage, let us know. We don't know much about it, so we were just talking about one of the cool, entertaining things that happened. It is free to watch, I believe, on the WWE Network's app. Oh, really? Which is free for like 14 days or something. So I was considering maybe when I'm just sitting around the house not doing much, maybe throwing that on and seeing. I I only watched a couple of highlights. But for us, that was one of the biggest things that came out of it. One of the most entertaining things was Gronk being a WWE champion on top of already being a three-time NFL champion. Was it three? I think he's got three. I think so. And also being on The Masked Singer. Which that I'm, was another championship right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, my mom shouted that out to me. So shout, shout out, out to, to, mom. to my mom. I love mm-hmm. you. You're the best. Um, she is the best. She's and you're cool. yeah, you're better than everybody else's mom. So. Better than my mom for sure. And I said it on a podcast, so it's true. And I also agreed <laughs> with it on a podcast. <laughs> so moving on, another big sports story this past week was that President Trump met with the commis- commissioners of the professional sports leagues, so the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, mm. NHL, I believe MLS as well. Um, and this was via a conference call on Saturday. One of the big stories to come out of that was that Trump expects the NFL season to start in September, which would essentially be on time, on par for when the season was supposed to start. Yeah. He also believes that fans may be back in the stands by August. And this is, was, has been a point of contention since that brought up, is when do we bring back fans? When do we bring back these sports? What are the timelines? You don't want to be too optimistic because then it's just not providing accurate information. Which but, is kind of what he did already. Yeah, and you also don't want to be too cautious, I guess, because these, these are huge events and huge things that people want to get back into. Of course. And not to mention the economy is hugely bolstered by these. But in my opinion, when you bring back the fans and you bring back the sports, even if it's just the sports, because the MLB had also been talking about, very recently they were saying they were maybe planning towards bringing back games in May. And a lot of experts have come out since then and said that that wouldn't be feasible, wouldn't be necessarily responsible. Not a good idea. And even if it was without fans, you still have to consider all those players, all the travel, all the workouts that they'll be doing in their facilities or mm-hmm. wherever they might be doing that. It's it's a whole mess. This entire situation is a whole mess. Larger the travel. Yeah. Absolutely. But in my opinion, one of the things that is going to affect this and kind of determine where we go from here is not a matter of if this virus will spread once people gather again, but how controlled that can be. 
because barring having a vaccine, once people get back together, whether it's in May or whether it's in November, December, January of next year, mm. that's people together and this disease will still be either lying dormant or still have the ability to spread. I don't know. I'm not an expert on any of that. But once people gather together again, you will see another spike. Will healthcare professionals be prepared for that? And will athletes be prepared for that potential that they might actually be able to contract this? And it will still affect their season and obviously their actual livelihoods. What are your thoughts on this meeting with the NFL commissioner, with as well as the other commissioners of the leagues? Timelines maybe for how things come out? Mm. Uh, I guess... Top of the top of this, I guess. Uh, what I've heard as far as vaccines go, we are eighteen to twenty-four months out from an actual legitimate vaccine, mm-hmm. uh, which I think I heard maybe a month ago. But I don't know, at the same time, they're coming up with tests that can, you know, uh, result in positive or negative results. I'm sorry for using that twice in a matter of minutes. You know, so it seems mm-hmm. like we're getting a better understanding of the virus, and it's clearly the top priority for any healthcare organization right now. Oh, absolutely. I, I heard we had a test that was, um, it took maybe a week or two to get the results in, and I could be wrong on that. Um, but as soon as they gave the U.S. the go-ahead to actually work on the virus, because everyone was told not to worry about it, basically. Uh, but as soon as like there were colleges that were told, you can go ahead and start working on this and try to get a better test, they found one that reduced it from the week or two down to two or three days. You'd get a result. Mm-hmm. You know, so And that took, what, nine days? I think that was Ireland, actually. Either way doesn't matter yeah a lot of facts i gotta get straight but it seems like if we actually have people working on it we have a good chance of getting a vaccine sooner than that 18 to 24 months i think that quote was maybe a little um what's the what's the word i'm looking for exactly it was <laughs> they came up with that quote a little bit too soon a little prematurely I, a little that's what it yeah. was God. i'm sorry that i know what premature means because i've um... i'm just not experienced with that <laughs> so in any way, I think it's, it's weird it's, that he had that phone call, though. It it was it was something that had to happen because the the sports shutdown, we know because we've been into the sports world as long as we can remember, is one of the biggest things to happen. One of the most tangible impacts. Yeah, that was what set everything into motion. Yeah, because one of the other things, I mean, obviously, other aspects of the economy, other people are having to stay at home, mm-hmm. but I I personally felt this most even even more than. Not necessarily working right at the moment was I felt it when I couldn't watch sports. But yeah. it, but with that said, I would rather have information out there that is more accurate than hopeful because I just would rather know. And that well, I was... think people right now are more prepared for harsh truths than false hope. Which is why I, that's why I had a problem with the phone call was that was you were saying President Trump trying to get everything back to normal basically by September when every other scientist or health professional in the world is saying the exact opposite and he's on that phone call the governor of california on the other hand is saying that we absolutely are not going to do that well not Mm -hmm. absolutely not but very unlikely that we would have anybody in the stadiums in the state of california oh yeah and And any other state that's going to be populated like that obviously california being the you know most populated state but they have uh every arena is in a highly populated area yeah and they have a high risk because like i said one of the bigger things out of all that aside from people congregating is going to be the travel because yeah when you're watching sports when because they don't have their private jets or anything and athletes are traveling around the country even for how much they get disinfected or tested 
they're still traveling. They're still touching surfaces on planes, in airports, what have you, at different arenas. And then you'll have all the workers that are working at those arenas too. It's it's that's how it spreads. That's why we are on such such a shutdown right now is yeah. because we're trying to slow that spread. And in, in certain places it's working. Here in Montana it's actually working the slowing the curve is actually taking some good effect since they've put us in lockdown. Which is good because we did implement it at the same time as everybody else, even though we were way further behind than everybody mm-hmm. else. Like which we I had think four was the, cases I think when we shut down. Yeah, so. which I think was the determining factor. It didn't have time to spread more. Yeah, it was a good call. Mm-hmm. Good call because New York is not having the same luck. Oh no. So anyway, that's a bit of an update. Uh, we'll try not to get too focused on much more coronavirus news, but that was a big sports story. Is that he, President Trump, had met with the commissioners of the leagues and a few of the stories that came out of that but speaking of the nfl an actual nfl story we've got going on right now is while athletes can't practice in their normal facilities we do have athletes still working out especially in preparation for the nfl draft the upcoming nfl season Mm -hmm. one of those athletes is lamar jackson the quarterback for the ravens he was working out with hollywood brown who is a receiver also on the ravens and Hollywood Brown's cousin is Antonio Brown. So they had all been working out together. This begs the question, does Antonio Brown maybe have a future with the Ravens? Or is this just one of those few, those instances where they were working out and these athletes can kind of do what they want in their own space? What, 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 were, what were your thoughts when you first heard that Antonio Brown was working out with Lamar Jackson and, and Hollywood Brown? When I first heard it, I didn't think anything about it mm-hmm. and I really don't think much about it now I think it's interesting I think it's it's nice these players can get together still in these times and work out wherever they're working out. I don't know if they have private fields they can go work out on or if the practice fields are still open to players or not I don't know how that works necessarily yeah, I'm, I'm not sure and I know a lot of them might still be locked down at home orders as well so if they have yeah. any facilities at their own home whether that I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them had like pretty big fields in yeah. their backyard or something where they practice I'm sure yeah I'm sure they do well I know that like office personnel for every NFL team is basically on quarantine like they mm-hmm. can't work in the offices but I don't know if it's the same for the players I haven't heard or read much about that um, I don't think it's anything really I think I, sure it's possible I think it's possible that Anthony Brown could play for any team I also think it's possible he could retire and go join Gronk with WWE and just start doing some crazy shit mm-hmm. I have no idea I think this is just one of those things where, like, he and Hollywood are cousins. Mm-hmm. He can come work out. Lamar Jackson's like, oh, sweet. I'd love to have this 6'2", I don't know how tall Antonio Brown is, but 6'2", six, 6'4", six, number one receiver guy I can, you know, at least practice throw to. This yeah. crazy freak of nature athlete. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, it, it probably was fun for him. It was probably a good time. It could probably tease the fans and maybe, so part of that thing you're talking about as far as hopeful news, uh, I think that's more what it is, is yeah, just to get the think- fans excited about football again i think with antonio brown specifically he's not going to be in the nfl again i don't see how any team could bring him back on after the antics that he's kind of gone through he's one of the peak athletes for sure but that personality you would have to have some strict guidelines or regulations and if mike tallman can't take him if john gruden couldn't take him if bill belichick couldn't take him i don't see how Unless he got some serious actual mental help, which I feel bad, but I think he's I think got he's, he he would have to go through a bit of changes in order for a team to be willing to pick him back up again. I would agree. I think the ironic and sad thing about it is I don't see him entirely out of the NFL for the rest of his career or even just next year. Honestly, I think 
the most likely situation is a an equally dysfunctional organization picks him up somebody like the Jets who have Adam Gase running everything mm-hmm. or the Browns who have never ever as their entire mm-hmm. lifespan been a functional organization for mm-hmm. the last what 20 they had Josh Gordon gone for a while there yeah oh Josh Gordon is <laughs> What do you mean, Josh Gordon? That guy's just a knockoff Antonio Brown. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why they might take him on. Oh, your tone said it was like it was a good thing. But yeah, no, exactly. They could pick up an Antonio Brown. Uh, I'm trying to think of other teams. Those two teams always come to mind when I think of dysfunction entirely. Yeah. I think the second part about this story as well is that maybe it doesn't look great if Lamar Jackson is out there in some facility working out with a couple of athletes while they were trying to stop the spread of this disease you know this virus but i I haven't heard as much about that afterwards after the fact the most things i've heard about have been about speculation on antonio brown but i'm just wondering how the ravens feel about having this kind of exposure i'm assuming they don't like it unless they'd be actually willing to bring on antonio brown because the entire situation and do you know where they were practicing I, they were practicing on a field. I, I I would assume, unless Lamar Jackson had invested a lot and built essentially a stadium in his own backyard, that yeah. this is not at his house. He is it a could be guy a, with a lot of money. It could be at a private facility, which is kind of what I was assuming, is that they were the only ones there. But at the same time, maybe they're supposed to be doing more at-home workouts, but it's kind of tough to do with the actual season coming up to not get some throws in and not get yeah people out there. It's It's a weird sort of murky situation. But the big takeaway for me is that hopefully Antonio Brown is is doing well and maybe he can work his way back to becoming a great contributor to the NFL and being one of the favorite players I've ever seen So to watch. But until then, we'll keep an eye out on the activities of the NFL and the other leagues that might be postponed or canceled moving forward. Speaking of major sports that have had cancellations, post moments, and shifts in their schedules. The the new golf schedule that has been just announced for the PGA. And when did that come out? Um, it, it was this past week. I believe it might have been Saturday or Monday. Okay. Um, the PGA has just announced their new schedule for their upcoming events. The only canceled event that they've officially formally announced is that the 2020 Open Championship is officially canceled. Other than that, everything's being shifted around or being moved slightly. The Masters, which will be the most interesting one to see, in my opinion, for a variety of reasons based on how far it's moved Mm -hmm. and when the next Masters is supposed to take place, is that the Masters, which normally takes place in April in Augusta, Maine, has moved to November, which means if it takes place in November, it'll be during the fall time. I'm excited for that because everyone watching the Masters is looking forward to seeing a lot of lush green spring popping up. It's one of the most beautiful places to look at when you're sitting at home on a yeah. Sunday, just chilling, you know. But if it weren't to be in spring, I like it in the fall. I like the thought of looking at some falling leaves I, and the changing colors. I might actually watch golf for the first time because I've heard Maine is one of the most beautiful places to be in fall. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm, I'm excited for that. The Masters moved from April to November, still taking place in 2020, which also begs the question if the 2021 Masters will still take place in April, because that's a much shorter time span between Masters tournaments. It could be more condensed. I think that's kind of what we're getting at with this 
initial golf schedule is what the future of sports is going to look like at the end of the year going into next year. Yeah. We might have a lot more condensed sports for what we do have. Certain events might be canceled or postponed or shortened in terms of how many games playoff sort of it's going to be it's going to be saying like the foreseeable future or are you talking about permanent ramifications i'm, I'm saying just in this in the end of this year beginning of next year we're going to see condensed sports we have such a oh, hiatus yeah. right course. now yeah. that it's going to be highly highly condensed and that'll be when honestly this podcast is going to take off because we'll have so much more to talk about other than gronk right <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, a couple other moves that have been announced there is that the PGA Championship moves from May to August. The U.S. Open moves from June to September, which will actually be back-to-back with the Ryder Cup, which will be in September. So speaking of condensed sporting events right there, you will have two back-to-back weeks of PGA Championships. You'll have the U.S. Open and the Ryder Cup back-to-back with each other. I don't know specifically uh, these golfers. They will. They tend to golf every week. These freaking golfers! These I tell you what, <laughs> golfing every week, just uh, walking all over the place, looking all chinos, cool, being all drinking beers. I assume. Ooh, I'll cheers to that. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Anyway, do you have any thoughts on this upcoming golf? Schedule change? Are you looking forward to anything? You said you don't even watch much golf. It's one of those things I have on in the background. Sure. Um, I, not that I don't. Not that I dislike golf by any means. I, you know, I love playing myself. At least going to the driving range every once in a while. Do you ever follow the storylines as they pop up with like a uh, Rory McIlroy or one of these other? I usually know who wins the Masters every year. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you who wins it every year from 2016 till now. You mm-hmm. know, but uh, yes, yeah, as, as stories pop up, I'll, I'll read them and. They're not the most interesting to me, but you know it's still it's still fun. Mm-hmm. I'll still watch the highlights on Sports Center. You know, like uh, oh, what was his name? Bubba something. Bubba, Bubba Watson. This is Watson. Okay, mm-hmm. I was worried that wasn't the person. Bubba Watson. Like you're thinking Bubba Gump. I'm thinking Bubba Gump. I was <laughs> thinking Bubba Gump. I was thinking Bubba Watson was a tight end in the NFL. Um, but he having that like beautiful shot out of the trees to win some tournament a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that pops in my head, but I don't know. I think it's nice that they're still continuing with the golf. I think that one's easier to get coordinated and accomplished than other things because they are kind of in isolated areas that aren't, like a lot of people aren't going to be in. And without the fans in golf, it's not going to make much of a difference viewing-wise from home, I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be much noise. Um, if I want, I can get an app on my phone that does a little golf clap every time there's a good shot or something. There you maybe. go. That's <laughs> even better than all the fans. And the nice thing about condensing, I, you know, no offense to the athletes, but I feel like the rigor that golf places on your body isn't comparative to, uh, comparable, excuse me, to what a football or basketball or even baseball player would go through mm-hmm. on your average game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they can, they can put tournaments back-to-back because they're not wearing their bodies down a crazy amount through these tournaments. I mean, they're having mm-hmm. long bouts between holes. They're having it between... I mean, they have a couple days, if I'm... I, I assume for these 18 holes, they're not going to do it all in one go. I think you can't talk about the PGA Tour without talking about Tiger Woods. Sure. And he, Why wouldn't we talk and, about And Tiger he Woods? might be one of the ones most affected by this because in the past few years, as he's been trying to make his comeback as well, he's had a multitude of health problems. And that gap between 
major championships, yeah. whether it be two months or what have you, might have been where he needs to like focus and like reheal his body and things. And he's even with those gaps, he's had to drop out of major tournaments because his body wasn't feeling right, his back's not feeling right, his knees aren't feeling right. Right. So for someone like that, all these older players, I could definitely see this having more of an impact on them than the younger players who and, might stand to benefit more because they don't have as many of those long-term problems and have been had multiple surgeries to... That's, re- yeah, that's absolutely true. And you wonder if it's a good or a bad thing to have that hiatus because with the health problems like you were saying, it's almost sometimes a good thing to have kind of a constant movement and keep their bodies up. Whereas like if they're sitting for two months and they literally can't go out and golf anywhere, get mm-hmm. their workouts in, how, what, however they work out... Uh, it almost makes it so they're they 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 just their inertia is stopped. You mm-hmm. know they don't have any inertia they're not going forward anywhere, and their bodies don't want to pick that back up. They don't want to be you know stasis in a stasis for two months and then suddenly pick things back up. That's almost more harmful to their bodies, depending on how they you know their rest is going in quarantine, how mm-hmm. they're handling that. Yeah, I think that'll be the most interesting storyline to follow as golf picks back up because with this multitude of tightly constructed events we'll see who comes out the best who's having a run of luck because when you're in golf a lot of times if you're winning back-to-back championships you're on some sort of hot streak those young no-name ones that we don't know of yet could bust through and have one of their best years yeah especially compared to those that need more time between championships and how that will affect them well another worry with that would be and I would hope it wouldn't be the case, but putting asterisks next to names that do win it this year or next year, you know, or certain mm-hmm. championships that people win, uh, I, I wouldn't want that to be discredited just because there was an outbreak, you know. Yeah. Like he had an I, advantage because coronavirus was running rampant in the U.S. Like I don't think that's, I don't, I hope that's not a thing. But. I think one of the only situations where asterisks in the midst of what we're going through right now might mm-hmm. be applicable would be how they crown, say, the championships champions of conference tournaments in in NCAA basketball for example they would say whoever was in first place yeah is crowned the championship that they is that how they did it for the that's how they did it with a few of the major conferences in in the NCAA yeah what that one okay yeah so there's not much more you can do but but if there's an actual competition that's the fairest way to do it because they were in first they did win that regular season yeah and they were in first but also that's the that's what the that's the whole magic for. of the tournaments is yeah. determine who can all get those there. little tournaments and then the, you know, obviously the as, big one. As far as dance. any of these other individual championships, I I could see them just playing it out as is, and those are the champions. Hopefully, by next year, this is all sorted and we're back to normal, as normal as we can get. We're never going to be back to the same world of sports that we were before all of this. With all that said, next year, the. the the actual championships might be staggered in the same way they had been before. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if those who had benefited most from this still Good are performing you. at that high level. Next up with our Thurston five, I don't even know if I've been announcing the thirsts this whole time. I don't think so. Thurston one was WrestleMania 36. Thurston two was Trump meeting with the commissioners. Sure. Thurston three was Lamar Jackson working out with Antonio Brown and we just finished up Thurston four with a new golf schedule. So Thurston five, we have the NBA Hall of Fame class for 2020 that's been announced this past week. Yes. There are nine honorees. Leading the pack of those honorees are players Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. 
there are several others, including coaches and other GMs and executives and whatnot. But Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett, obviously the big thing to take away from this class of inductees is that Kobe Bryant's not going to be there. It's it's a huge yeah. He he is one of the all time greats in the sport. Yeah. This class in particular, uh, I had said this to you in our pre production meeting, was that this I've I've seen all of these players. We talked a little bit last week about the Michael Jordan documentary. I respect Michael Jordan. I kind of appreciate that he may actually be the goat, but I never watched him play as I was growing up, and I never watched his dominance. And it yeah. didn't affect me personally, other than I, Space Jam. I read a book about him once, but mm-hmm. yeah, Space Jam was my uh, my big exposure but to him. Definitely Kobe Bryant with the Lakers, Tim Duncan with the Spurs, Kevin Garnett, and Uncut Gems. Oh wait, he played basketball too. He did also <laughs> play basketball. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think they. I watched all of them play and win championships with their teams. At least so one. Look at the UKG. This is they, these all had such a huge impact on the modern era of basketball. Yes. For Kobe not to be there is going to be incredibly tough. There's definitely going to honor him in some way. Yeah, they have to. They're going to. Like, the whole thing is going to be about him. Absolutely. But also, Tim Duncan's in the He's he won five championships with the Spurs. Tim Duncan had five championships. He had two MVPs. He was All NBA. I assume in the double digits and an all-time defender. I think almost defensive player of the year, if not maybe one-time defensive player of the year. Like he was great on both sides of the ball. He quiet, was the focal sport of that Spurs dynasty. He was the biggest part of the quietest, most successful, one of the most successful dynasties of all time, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah, and it, he's like, he's just, he's just such. A, it's just a weird, weird thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to talk about it. Yeah, it's just the, the well, lack you have of excitement talk, with well, the Spurs. How do you not have to, We're on a podcast. And I know. I'm that's here the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> no, I get what you're saying though. It's it's such a monumentous group of people. It's such a monumentous event. Throw that in with us being on the lack of sports. Throw that in with Kobe passing away. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird thing to experience, but I think it will be really amazing. I, I want to see them highlight all of these careers. Kobe Bryant, we've been seeing the past couple months of his highlighted career. It's of it's course. amazing. It's incredible. Tim Duncan, like you said, a quiet presence, but such a foundational piece. Absolutely. Probably one of the best big men we've ever seen. And of that, is, he's probably the last of one of the last of that era to be a power forward. You can build around that type kind of, of thing. Yeah, and the, to the casual fan, nobody would put Tim Duncan in their top like five. Mm-hmm. Power forward. Uh, maybe they would power forwards anyway, but they would. He wouldn't make the top twenty-five list of anybody for just all-time grades, which mm-hmm. I, I think he does belong up there, though. If you think about which the is accolades really because, like I said, those are the ones we grew up watching, so we probably are more biased and skewed towards putting. I would say so. him up near Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because we never watched Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but no, it's... he was he scored so many points. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kevin Garnett, like I said, I I watched Kevin Garnett and the Celtics. I, it feels like they does it not feel like they went on more of a dynastic run than having one championship they were very successful in the playoffs until it came to the finals it was it's it's crazy because when I was going back through looking at this I was like oh yeah Kobe's got five Tim Duncan's got five Kevin Garnett only has one and that it it hit me and we were and I knew he only had one but yeah it felt like that Celtics run was bigger and grander than what it what they got out of it yeah and maybe i was a little bit younger than you at the time so 
my memory of it would be like the Celtics and the Lakers being those two great dynasties. I thought they each kind of had two at the time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whereas, you know, Kobe Bryant, and maybe he just had a better supporting cast, which is weird to say because obviously it was KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rondo. That's mm-hmm. a great, that's like a big four right yeah. there. But then you think about who else was on that team. I don't even, you have like Glenn Davis, or Kendrick Perkins at some point, Shaq in his Twilight Zone. I mean, the, what was his name? The red mamba, is that what the white mamba? <laughs> Fucking Scalabrini, you know. He, he's in the Hall how, of Fame of memes for the NBA, want, yeah. but I don't know how good he actually was. Yeah, it'll be a really heartfelt and really intense Hall of Fame ceremony to watch when they do put it on. When Michael Jordan made his speech during Kobe's memorial, I think that vibe is kind of what you're going to feel for a good bit of this whole production. Yeah. Like I said, Kobe, one of the all-time greats. Tim Duncan, one of the all-time greats. Kevin Garnett surprises me that they didn't go on more runs there, but also mm. great to watch this entire... He was a little bit older when he joined up with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. Yeah. He'd already been in the league for seven or eight years and I think had some uh, injury issues that he was dealing with. Mm. So it was... Eh, not that Kobe wasn't, but, you yeah. know... That whole it's, era. it's easier as a shooting guard to have a longer career than it is as a power forward getting bruised down there, especially in the early NBAs when they were so much more physical. You know, mm-hmm. That era we grew up on. I'm excited to watch it. Congrats to all those that made it into the Hall of Fame class, including the others that I I didn't recognize their names. That's why I hadn't included them here because I didn't want to talk about the players, and I knew there would be quite a bit to talk about about them. Sure. Um, but speaking of the NBA, we've got our first update story. So our updates are going to be stories from last week if there are any new information coming out or if we just want to hit it again and get some new topics out there um our update number one so thurston six is going to be on the nba 2k tourney it hadn't taken place at all yet since our last episode Mm. but you and i actually got to watch the first round together so your initial thoughts on on the 2k tourney did you enjoy it did you have a good time watching it was it enough of a reprieve from sports for you i i did i did and i didn't you know it was nice seeing players kind of up close and playing against each other and showing that brotherhood that I think the NBA is really about more so than other sports. Not that other sports aren't about coming together, but you really see it in the NBA. Like, you know, people getting crossed up or hitting a shot in somebody's face. I remember, you remember that that shot that Steph, Kobe Bryant was defending Steph Curry in like Steph Curry's second or third year or something. And he's crossing, he's trying to cross him up. Kobe's a great defender, one of the all-time great defenders, nine-time All-NBA, eight-time All-NBA defense. And he's on Curry. Curry can't get away from him. He's like five foot behind the three-point line, just shoots it up with like 16 seconds left in the shot clock and drains it. Kobe looks at him and he's like, all right, slaps on the ass, <laughs> like, nice work. I mean, that's middle of a game, you know? You don't see that with other sports. Yeah. And that was what I wanted to see with this 2K tournament, which you got with some of the matchups. The first one, KD and Derek Jones Jr., Really is, quiet. Is Derek Jones Jr. the new UMBC? I gotta throw that out there. Right you have now. to throw that out again. <laughs> I <laughs> I want to say yes, but no. Yeah. The way they seeded it was they the first, it was one through sixteen. It's only sixteen players. Right? Yeah. Based on one, their two K rating. Based on their two K rating. It wasn't based on how good they actually thought the player was at two K the video mm-hmm. game. It was which, how good they are in real life. Which I was surprised though with a few. I mean, I guess I just don't know how well some of them are at 2k but i would almost assume the ones with lower like overalls are better donovan at 2K. mitchell uh kevin durant mm-hmm. like, did mitchell it, lose yeah oh i didn't <laughs> bummer i know it's, it's i love donovan mitchell yeah it's it's crazy I, and i was i was pulling for michael porter jr as a 
as a nugget. I was, yeah, I was pulling from him. Yeah, too. he was out as well. Bummer. And there were some close games within like two points, something like that. And there were some blowouts with about forty points. So, yeah, the, the Patrick actual, Beverly took it to his <laughs> The actual concept <laughs> of guy. this tournament was super intriguing, mm-hmm. and I I got a good bit of enjoyment out of it, just kind yeah. of sitting there watching. It's as if you can with normal sports as close as you can right now in the later games for sure when they were talking more and actually trash talking it was but, a lot more fun but I was thinking of if you want to step into this realm mm-hmm. what might you have done differently in terms of the production of these things there were at least two things that I took away that I thought would have been really fun to do yeah the first of which being when the players were actually playing the game when they weren't talking back and forth to each other all you heard was the in-game sound so you were hearing the in-game announcers you were hearing I don't know, whatever in-game crowd or music that's going on there, which which is fine. I understand if 2K might have pushed for that more so that way they can promote their own game. Yeah, but sure to a as, certain degree, yeah. But as a very specific tournament, I would have very much enjoyed if you had actual NBA announcers announcing how yeah. the game flow is going, who's passing to who. Maybe the players themselves can actually hear it on their headsets too. That would, yeah. And another, another detail I thought that would have been really fun, really interesting to hear would have been if, say, Michael Porter Jr. chooses the Bucks. You've got Giannis Antetokounmpo also on, also live streaming with them, so that yeah. way he can... Not playing he the can, game. Yeah, he can interject and he can say, he's like, oh yeah, don't pass to James Harden. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to stuff him every time or whatever. You get another layer of smack talk, which I think would have helped, because when the players are playing the game themselves, especially those first few games, there wasn't as much smack talk going on, which I think what a lot of people were tuning in for, so they could kind of hear, "Oh, I'd smack talk my boys when I'm playing 2K all the time." Yeah, I want to hear, I want to hear these guys talk back and forth. Yeah, but they're a little, they're kind of tuned in, and at times, not gonna lie, it was it was boring to watch them. I'd rather watch the game that they were playing. Yeah, but they were getting competitive later on. Yeah, and, and I, I I just thought it would have added another element of of a back and forth, and and I no, I agree with that. I think it'd be harder to coordinate and set up. A thing where a player from the one of the teams that the two players are playing on, like if you did have Giannis when Michael Porter's playing against whoever he's playing against, I don't mm-hmm. remember. Uh, I think that would be fun. I think it'd be harder to coordinate because you don't know which team they're going to pick. You don't know who from those teams is going to be available at the time. Maybe they're busy in their own quarantine, which is, I realize it's contradictory. They're busy in quarantine, but you know what I'm saying. It's hard mm-hmm. to coordinate, especially on not live television, but a national broadcast, you know, you need to have these things set and ready. Yeah. Which is why I, I kind of agree with the commentator uh, feel. I think there should be, I think it'd be nice if they had literally just one commentator that was in on with the player. He's not commentating about the game, he's talking with the players, commentating towards them. You've got somebody who's got a journalistic background, or at least an NBA background, people like okay. Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson, where they can ask really specific players, or if they have, like, you, you have Doris Burke on there, mm-hmm. she can ask player, ask questions to the players that aren't even necessarily okay. 2K related, but basketball related. So it's almost, uh, Doris Burke, I know, does a lot of her work on the floor of the basketball. So she's talking she used to, to the players. Yeah. She does commentate now, though. And, she's uh, an analyst. And, and you, you, you're talking to them, you're asking why they made certain decisions, why they have certain people in. Yeah. Um, and you're also saying, so someone there that can prompt them, so what's your 2K experience? Because yeah. I feel like we didn't get... A lot of that I didn't watch much of the pre-show and they might have talked some of that as well 
And but the actual, but I wouldn't, I didn't care to look at Ronnie Two K, so I wasn't really. No. Well, even <laughs> I, you know, Ronnie Two K sucks. I hate that guy. He's the worst. But even if he were the one to ask them questions, you know, we could all laugh at Ronnie Two K. We could poke fun at his pain because obviously there's something wrong with him. But if he's asking them, he's getting them engaged. I think that's a nice thing. I would have personally advocated for Jeff Van Gundy. I think he's my favorite commentator. I think mm-hmm. he's hilarious. There's no bullshit about him. He's always just asking people and fucking with his commentary. His like his cohorts in the in this in the booth. He's always fucking with them and making fun of them if he disagrees with them. There's no bullshit about him. He's yeah, straightforward. Those would have been a few of my potential changes or improvements, what have you. I highly, highly doubt that this is the last we've seen of a 2K tournament with NBA players playing. And hopefully because, they fix it. Yeah, and and I I was even entertained, and it's still going on as well. And I'll probably check out the championship if I get a chance to as well. Yeah, but it's it's entertaining. It's it's there. It, it, it's I entertaining wish... enough, but I know there's more they can get out of it. Oh, for this sure. This is the first year. It's the first time they've done it. Yeah. Sort of trial run. As I'm well. glad they did it. I'm not complaining that it happened and it kind of was less than expected. But it was it was cool either way. I'm Definitely. glad they did it. And sparking off of this as well is that. NASCAR and yeah. and other racing sports have done virtual racing, which has gotten quite a solid following as well. And now that the NBA has done this 2K tournament, is there any other sport you'd like to see be done virtually? You can watch the players play against each other, or you can watch them almost play video games or anything? Anything, really. I think it'd be a really nice thing for fans to see their favorite athletes compete in any game, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, say so you have two dudes playing Beat Saber and they're competing mm-hmm. for a high score, you know? Because mm-hmm. VR is such a big thing lately that I think watching somebody play some VR and watching, like you can see the player with their headset on looking like an idiot <laughs> with those fucking controllers and then watch the screen where they're like, all right, it looks kind of cool on the screen, but like look at Kevin Durant, like he just <laughs> fell over, what an asshole. I would like to watch Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play Super Smash Brothers. Who do you exactly, think, yeah. Who do, who do you think they pick? Who does, who does Brady pick? Who does Manning pick? Tom Brady is going with... Captain Falcon? I was going to say Captain Falcon or Mr. Game & Watch. He's going with, like... I think he's got to go more mainstream. Mr. Game & Watch, while well, he's, he's solid, I don't think people... He's got to pick somebody that's their, the leader he have of to their own game he's, he's going to pick somebody who's solid and he knows if he plays the right way, he can win. Mm-hmm. And that's Mr. Game & Watch. Mr. Game & Watch is a really absurd character with weird hitboxes. You know, obviously, a side note with the whole uh, Smash Bros. thing. <laughs> but he's a pretty consistent winner if you play him the right way. Mm-hmm. And that's what Tom Brady is. He's a winner if he plays the right way with the team see, around him. I could see... And Peyton Manning Peyton goes Manning with a big like, hitter. I'm thinking big hitter. He picks Captain Falcon. I'm thinking Peyton Manning. He's going to pick the most lovable character that's also, like, if you know how to use him, you can go pretty far. I'm thinking Pikachu. You know, like, I Peyton Manning's a Pikachu guy. I think we've thought too much about it. He might be a Pikachu guy, but these are like two 43-year-old men. <laughs> they're would, going on there, and they're picking the one of they, the four characters they know they're exists. Mario. They're Mario and Luigi. Because <laughs> they don't know who anybody else it's is. Like, they, don't know who, yeah. they have no idea who Mr. Game & Watch is. They well, don't know who obviously, Captain I have to be is. one of the Smash Brothers. So. <laughs> <laughs> these brothers got a Smash, you know? Yeah. No, and so I, <laughs> I think I can hear Peyton Manning in my head saying Donkey Kong. I can hear <laughs> I can hear him saying Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. So Peyton Manning picks Donkey Kong, and Tom Brady's like, shit, I don't know. I've never played a video game in my life. I'm Mario. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, suddenly, we've come full circle to the original Plumber Man, or whatever, the Jump Man, whatever the game yeah, was called. The, yeah, the one where Donkey Kong's throwing barrels down at Mario. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No, I, so that's, Hero's Tale. I wouldn't even mind that. And, and in this time of where everybody's locked down, it doesn't even have to be sports-related, like you said. Yeah. And uh, If you get eight NFL players playing a big 
fucking mosh pit of Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have to be that great. I, w- I would. Oh, you I can't would, be very good if you're an eight player game. I, I do want to watch um, something similar to this because right after the NFL season ended, mm-hmm. they had played cornhole where they would pair up an NFL player with a professional cornhole player and they did a tournament. Oh, yeah. So they had teams of one, obviously, more skilled person than. Sometimes the NFL and players were cornhole player. Oh. But I mean, they were they were they were entertaining enough to watch. And I talked before. I don't know why I brought cornhole up on two separate episodes. I'm gonna have to hashtag Corny Holderson again. Uh, I saw that. <laughs> um, but that that was entertaining to watch. So something even if it's outside their realm, just to get us to know the athletes a little more, just to get us engaged with them. Yeah. And obviously, in this time, to get us watching something. Something there's there's it's plenty of room for content right now. Yeah. It's good it, for diehard fans and it's good for commercialism to see the human side of these people that you've idolized for ten plus mm-hmm. years. Oh yeah, for for sure. I would I would like to see maybe a whole. I'm trying to think the best game to do for like an old man's like competition. That's I think honestly, if you could figure it out, uh, I guess you could do it on the newer consoles too. But like N64 classic Mario Kart, mm-hmm. every forty year old man is. Oh yeah, at that game for some reason. Oh yeah, you could totally do that. But if you put them on the Switch or like the Wii U or any newer Mario Kart, they don't know how to play. And that's entertaining and competitive enough. It's not like watching two people play Tetris or something. Which yeah, some of those professional Tetris players are intense. <laughs> it's, it gets crazy. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna fan myself off for a second. <laughs> it gets heated in those rooms. I don't know if you've been in one of those. I have not personally, but oh, I assume it feels like a sauna. I'm sorry I brought up such a heated topic for you. We'll I have go to ahead leave. And, we'll go ahead and uh, move on to our. Next update story. So last week, this is going to be Thurston Seven. By the way, we talked about the UFC. We talked about Hunter Azure. Um, I think I pronounced that wrong last week. I think I said Hunter Azure. How's it spelled? Uh, A Z U R E. I would assume Azure, but I don't. Um, depends on the nationality, I suppose. As far as I know, I think it's Hunter Azure. Um, he sure he was scheduled to fight in UFC 249. Our most recent update we had on the show was that. Khabib had pulled out of the competition, who was headlining the competition, and we had just assumed that it was going to be canceled. Dana White still hadn't announced the location for where they were going to fight, and com- competitors were essentially training in limbo, not knowing if or when they were going to compete, or where especially. But we have major updates on this story as of right now, the first of which is that we have a tentative location we don't know the specific location, yeah. but Dana White has come out and said he has found a site for UFC 249, and it's 100% still on. It's still going to happen. Mm-hmm. This site is on a private island, yeah. which is, if, if it was going to happen in any sport, it, you know it the would UFC. Be UFC. Or gonna, volleyball. Yeah, I mean, which would be, that would be really cool. That would be cool, I, too. I think the UFC is primed to market this. As Mortal Kombat. Oh, absolutely. Live action Mortal Kombat on a private island. Send out invitations. They need to go full send on the whole Mortal Kombat thing. Absolutely. They need to get rid of the octagon entirely and just fight bare naked in the ocean. Yeah, fight in front of a waterfall, in front of a volcano. boat, (laughs) you know? Get like a big yacht out there and just fight on a boat. The NCAA, they do do a tournament on a boat at the beginning of the season. Yeah, isn't it like, isn't Army-Navy on a boat? Don't they go on a cruiser or something? Um, I know that I think Michigan and North Carolina at the beginning of the year are usually in a tournament where they fight on a on a cruiser. Okay, it or is not, cruiser, they don't, they don't fight. Sorry. No, I got. You. <laughs> I mean, if they I, fight no, on I a understand. cruiser, that'd be yeah. fun too. They fight mentally and spiritually, yeah. but physically, they basketball. Yeah, but two, UFC two forty nine still scheduled to go on. Mm-hmm. The other big story, as far as other than that private island site, which Dana White has said 
will go on to hold future events as well. He's planning on having fights every week yeah. on this private island. And he's the president of the UFC. Is that the right word for it? I think so. Yeah. Just I don't. They're not CEO. Essentially, commissioner of the UFC. He's, sure. He's, yeah. So has UFC purchased this island? Is it a rental kind of thing? Do you know? I. It, he still hasn't even announced which island it's on. This sure. is, uh, as far as we have our breaking information, is that it's on a private island that he's very close to securing, and they will have UFC 249 on, as well as the foreseeable future of events. They will be able to invite people, and it's in international waters, I believe, so they can kind of get around some of the travel restrictions. And they can actually kill each other. <laughs> Martial law. It's no, no, no. The... Maritime law, excuse me. Martial law is a different it's, thing. It's the implication. It's yeah. the implication. <laughs> um, the other big story out of UFC 249, the update we have, is that since Khabib will be pulling out of the main title card event... Pull out King, pulling out like four times. Yeah, it's, it, and it was, it was a whole thing with him pulling out. But we do still have a main title card event because he will be replaced by Justin... Um, let's see if I can pronounce it right. Gathje? Gathje? G A E T H J E. G A E T H J E. Anyway, he's he's the number one he number four contender. Change your name. And he had defeated Conor McGregor back in 2018. So I don't know much about this. Next time we bring on Dakota, he's a, a resident UFC expert, so he might be able to draw, shed some light on this for sure. Um, but it's not me. I mean, if he defeated McGregor, I mean that's that's a pretty big feat. I'm excited. He's a number four contender. If we've got some fights. And we have it on a private island is what I'm super pumped about. Maybe we'll get some, we'll, we'll get a very entertaining matchup. Because if nothing else, the UFC puts on a great product. They, yeah. they, they know what they're doing. Dana White has been looking forward to this. That's why he hadn't made any announcements before about canceling or postponing. And now he's doubled down and said they're 100% locked in. They're going through with this. Almost done securing the rights to this private island. You got any? You got any thoughts on this? On this sweet private island? I'm really excited about the private island athleticism? aspect of it. I think that I, I just think it's such a fun idea to duel on a private island. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I lost, I'm like, oh shit, I, I lost the big fight. Like I go down to the beach and I sip on coconut juice See, right out of the coconut oh, and watch the sunset on a private island that Dana could, White paid for personally. If I could duel on a private island, that's the dream. What is that? Oh, oh yeah! Hey, we got a train. There that's we go. A that's a fan. Good. Yeah, very good. So, ladies and gentlemen, why don't we God. go? You son of a... okay. Way Two to go. fans. Uh, why did that train just stay home? We're gonna go ahead and pause real Is quick. We're gonna take tracks? a quick break. We'll get right back to this UFC 249 story. I think somebody's in danger of getting. They keep honking. Somebody's gonna get hit by. The... <laughs> we'll wait for this They're train to hit. pass. <laughs> Seth's freaking out. There's now. a crash about to happen. <laughs> Three, two. And we're back. The train has passed. As far as we know, it might not have hit anybody. Yeah, um, most likely didn't, but you know, gotta get a good uh, feel good story for the f- fan. Yeah, this is our this is our very intense studio, which is just my room, which is next to the train tracks. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for holding on with us here. Uh, just fin- say it all. Like finishing that. up this story about USB two forty nine, the island's gonna be cool. If I was on a private island going to compete somewhere, I would hope it's as a Yu Gi Oh tournament because that would be dual kingdom, That's quite the and I would be I would be dominating that it'll yeah. we'll, we'll have to have a Yu-Gi-Oh episode and a whole we'll have a whole anime episode and that's where squid shines ladies and gentlemen you can't just have an anime episode of a sports podcast i can do whatever i want i, I own a this different show. podcast <laughs> <laughs> it'll be thirst and hentai i don't know there's um local spotlight number one 
And moving forward, we have our first local spotlight story of the day, where we want to highlight at least one athlete, one sports team, one organization, and shed a little light onto them. One of the biggest local spotlights that I think we will be able to get within this past couple months time frame mm. is talking about the Mustangs. Oh. So this is our thirst and eight. Didn't you want to say something before all that though? I do. Uh, we're going to get to the Mustangs as our main local spotlight story. But before I get to that, I did want to mention um, a congrats to all of the conference athletes, the all conference athletes that have been announced this past week. There are too many to name, but it is a great honor. Sorry you weren't able to finish your seasons if that was the case. But just wanted to announce that they had made the all-conference athletes announcements this past week. So if you want to go on there and check that out, show them some love. Yes. It's, it's very exciting, very awesome. I wish I had had enough time to announce every athlete personally. If everyone listening would just say kudos out loud out your window to the conference athlete. Athlete. And damn it. You say it. You say it. <laughs> I was trying to say it. Conference then, athletes. Mm-hmm. The all-conference athletes. So thank you. Thank you. For competing to the highest degree and we hope to see you move on and do better things in college continuing to do it through high school um thoughts and prayers showing some sweet local love there you guys are you guys are great we're all proud of you Uh, and moving on to the primary story of our local spotlight number one today is saving the mustangs organization we've had as as far as i could look back per the missoulin article that i looked at there have been negotiations between the major and minor leagues of baseball. They met in Dallas this past February. And that's about where we are at right now. No further updates. No new news. Um, the deal in place right now uh, goes until September 15th. But after that deal, it would look as if 40 minor league teams, including the Billings Mustangs, the Great Falls Voyager, Voyagers, the Missoula Paddleheads. They, <laughs> why they change? I, I still know why they change that. There's an Osprey. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it lives with the team. It lives. It takes turns living maybe, at different baseball maybe players. Maybe a paddlehead lives with them too. You never know. <laughs> what is it? Paddlehead? The fish? I don't know, man. Um, anyway, all those teams, amongst others, would be on the chopping block since the MLB. Um, would be introducing their revamped minor league structure, which was has been on the table since last fall. Like we said, the most recent news we have is of a meeting back in February. But the season would have taken place as normal because the new contract, the new agreement, the new structuring wouldn't have taken place until September 15th. But now with all this delays, all this coronavirus postponements cancellations of seasons we have had no word yet when the current season will begin if it is sometime before september 15th that might mean the season can continue in whatever augmented fashion they decide to to use if not we may have already seen the last of the billings mustangs and the last of the pioneer league i think that's more likely would be devastating i know for me personally and for a lot of fans out there, of course. the Mustangs are one of the most fun things to watch. I I started going to baseball games when I was in Colorado, so I would go to Rockies okay. games. Yeah, Super fun. I never realized how much fun baseball is until you go to it live. And then when I moved back to Billings, I realized I, I, I've never been to a Mustangs game. So I decided to go. 
still so much fun. You get there, you get a foot long hot dog, mm-hmm. get a couple of brewskis. Go with a couple buddies, walk around the park. Absolutely, and you watch the game. You're cheering. It's a nice, beautiful, like summer afternoon. Yeah, and I we have a great facility, a very fun team to watch. It's 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 very communal, and it's amazing. And the fact that we might be losing out on that is is tough is tough to wrap my head around. If if the season were to pick up, which it just bar, doesn't seem likely. Bar, barring all of this postponements and whatnot, yeah. If it were to pick up, it would have essentially been one more season, and then the new deal would have come into effect. So, my plan, what I was considering, was watching as many Mustangs games as possible. Anytime I had time off, going anything I can spare, going there, supporting it, getting the word out. So that way, it can be seen as a financially fiscable viable. Yeah option to keep it open and keep it going but it's 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 a tough it's a tough outlook right now have you been to many mustangs games did we go to any last year no we didn't um i i haven't been honestly since i was real young but i've never been a big fan of baseball Mm -hmm. but i but you can agree that going live is going live is much better than watching it on tv or even going to like a little league team obviously Mm -hmm. um yeah i hadn't been since i was probably about middle school maybe freshman year i went to one and I don't know, back then I just didn't have a lot of passion for things. I think where I'm at now, being an adult, quote unquote, I think I could enjoy it. Especially, you know, you go and you have a couple beers, uh, you enjoy it as a grown man. I eat so much of food like when a, I go to Mustangs games. I yeah, eat, that's what I, I would love I eat to do that too. a Philly cheesesteak, a foot long hot dog, at least four beers, Yeah, some nachos, uh, some... French fries, some onion, and this is all in one that, game. Yeah, I, I just wonderful. get full. That's I didn't what I have do when money I when I was twelve. You know, mm-hmm. I go there with like ten dollars to get in the gate, and then my mom pieces out. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have any money to buy nachos or shit mm-hmm. like that. This is only I'm there like nervous to see girls that I know. Ooh, no, like not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to see them because I'm nervous. Oh uh, well, you're nervous all the time. We've already established that you were just yeah, but the, always the, nervous. Twelve year old nervous is different from like twenty three year old nervous. I think we can agree on. I that. think you're still twelve year old nervous though. What, what do you mean I'm twelve year old nervous? <laughs> is that a shot at me? Yeah. Are you taking jabs at me right now? Yeah. What are you say gonna it do? to my face if you're gonna say it. No. Are you taking jabs at me? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I just punched him in the face. I edited it out. He took one jab. Mm-hmm. And landed pretty cleanly. Anyway, so we want to see if we can, if there's any more updates continuing forward. That's all the information we have so far. If any more articles come out, if anybody knows any information, throw it out. Reach out to us on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and let us know. What are your experiences with the Mustangs? We want to get some stories out there. We want to see if we can get a groundswell going. Yeah. Um, use, the hashtag, use the hashtag Save the Mustangs. Do you have a P.O. box? Um, no. No, it's a good P.O. box. Anyway. No, I won't, but I do have email. It's probably the oldest man thing that I've got, Mr. P.O. Box. Letters are cool. (laughs) I don't want anthrax from that person in the train that was honking at us. (laughs) Okay. Use the hashtag SaveTheMustangs on Twitter, hashtag Thurston10Pod. Write into us. Email is Thurston10Podcast at gmail.com. Wherever you've got, if you've got any stories, if you've got any information on the Mustangs, we want to keep them around as long as possible. It's a great local sport. We've already lost the Outlaws. We want, we want as many local sports as we can, including the Mustangs. But we're going to move on to Thurston 9, which is our second local spotlight of the episode. Second to last story as well. We're talking about Catherine Burkoff, and this is a story that comes out of 406sports.com. 
She's a Missoula native, currently going to school at NC State. Uh, she went to high school at Missoula Hellgate and coming out of high school was ranked as the number three recruit in the nation for swimming. She's a backstroke champion. She won the 100 meter ACC championship, got second in the 200 meter backstroke, among other sports. And those two sports, those two events specifically, she is already qualified for the Olympic trials. So our story today focuses on Catherine and her pursuit of her Olympic dreams. She's already qualified for the Olympic trials, but with this whole turmoil as far as when the Olympics were going to be scheduled, she'd kind of been in limbo for a little while. And in this midtime, in the midst of all this, hadn't had any access to public pools or whatnot to swim and to train. So per this article on 46sports.com, she had been concerned that she might not be able to be particularly ready in time if they had been postponed a little bit this summer or if they had continued as planned. As we know now, the Olympics are postponed for next summer, 2021. So her and every other Olympic athlete will have time to train and hopefully properly prepare in facilities designed for these athletes so they can be at their best. And so Catherine has spoken in this article that she's going to make the best of it. She feels more comfortable having more time and having more of an opportunity to really reach her goals and reach her peak. And being out of Missoula, being out of Montana, it's always, always super exciting to see someone in the Olympics. I'm always going to root for someone, Team USA, unless it's the Jamaican bobsled team. Of course. Um, I do not vote for cool runnings. But it's, it's, it's way cool to see on not just the national stage, but the world stage, someone representing Montana. We wish Catherine the best. We hope to see her compete on a high level and continue her greatness. Like I said, she's competing at NC State and has been doing crazy well in the ACC. Um, you got any you got any thoughts on Catherine there and her swimming goals and the Olympics in general? I, I just think it's kind of nice and fortuitous that uh, it did get postponed. I don't mean, know on the brighter side of things. Obviously, mm-hmm. you don't want things postponed. You don't want the world ending. But, but rather but, postponed than canceled or of course, or like, yeah, like canceling the Olympics or something. Yeah. yeah, that's the sign of like an actual apocalypse mm. if the Olympics get canceled. Uh, but you no, know, it's nice that she can find the brighter side of things. We can all find the brighter side of things, and somebody from Montana is getting more time to work out actually you know hopefully qualify for the olympics when the time comes mm-hmm. and it's uh it's an exciting time i'm you know happy for i don't know her personally obviously never really even heard of her but it's it's nice that uh i think it's sort of representation for any aspiring athlete in montana you know somebody Absolutely. who's like oh, i'm from a you know million person state you know one of the least populated states mm-hmm. in the country and i'm just some nobody you know but it's it doesn't really matter where you're from and that's what this yeah. As long as, as long as you work hard and as long as you're willing to put in the work, it's, yeah. we're, we're super it's a, proud, we're excited, and the fact that we know that she's going to be training hard over the next year, we want to keep an eye and keep tabs on her career. We'll keep an eye on the ACC swimmers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now an NC State swim fan like that because of this. Oh, uh, you haven't been? I, I mean, I'm sorry. I've been a little behind, you know. Fairweather NC State it's swimming be, it's team It's because fan. I'm a North Carolina Tar Heels fan for basketball, so I kind of oh, had, yeah. had, had to have that animosity a little bit. But yeah. no way I'm not going to pull for Katie in, in NC State. So we'll keep an eye on her. We'll keep you updated. If you've got any information out there, please let us know. Those are our local spotlights as well. Same thing like I said before. If you have any stories that you want us to bring to light, any things that you wish to tell us or anything of that vibe just 
Hit us up on Twitter at Thurston10Pod. Use the hashtag Thurston10Pod. Hit us up on Facebook, Thurston10Podcast. Uh, we've got our YouTube channel. If you want to throw a comment down in one of the videos as you're watching, maybe you're watching on there right now, we'll take a look at it. Email Thurston10Podcast at gmail.com. Hmm. Yeah, or if you see us on the street, because, I mean, just imagine the two best-looking people you've ever seen in Montana, and the opposite. That's us. Yeah. So, Don't talk to the best people best looking people in Montana because you will just get slapped yeah, by yeah. their bodyguards. You'll find us. A couple of, of nice, ugly dudes who are sitting there trying to talk about stuff they don't know about. Yep. Um, and it's a great Reach time. out to us. We want to get as many local stores as we can, local spotlights. We want to get those as one of the highlights of this show. So yep. let us know. And we'll move on in a related note to our Thurston 10. Our final subject of this episode is, as Catherine stated... She feels like she can benefit on this postponement because she's in her first year of college. She's getting used to all the training regimen and everything like that. But having another year out will give her a lot more time to focus, hone her craft, get a bit more practice in. And so we wanted to talk in terms of all sports and everything that's been affected based on postponements, cancellations media coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic and everything therein that has been affected sports-wise. Which person, which team, which organization, which storyline has been most beneficial of all of this happening? Do you have any particular ones you want to start with that you think have benefited from having this time off, having this postponement you pandemic know, era? The first thing that comes to mind for me, and just because I'm so basketball-oriented and that was what I was so involved with when the COVID-19 really hit, when the outbreak mm -hmm. really started. Uh, the the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's your team, right? That's I don't really have an NBA team, but they're definitely top three. Mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm, mm, I haven't picked one yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm just a big fan of basketball and the players and individual, individual styles, so it's yeah. hard to pick a specific team. Uh, especially with everybody moving around so much, you know? Hard to pick which style you want to adhere to when there's no one style for any team. Anyway, Grizzlies, uh, they were in a spot where they were the eighth seed, the final of the seeding for the playoffs, and they were trailed by a hot Pelicans team with Zion returning. You got the Trailblazers finally picking up the pace and Carmelo kind of coming into his own in that, or, uh, in that scheme. You got the Kings, which are a real dark horse. Nobody even knows who the Kings are, who's on the Kings. And the Spurs, who are dangerous because Greg Popovich is still alive. But the Grizzlies were, you know, about a game and a half ahead of the next seed there, around the 500 mark, 32 and 32, give or take, you know. I don't know exactly what the record was. But people had predicted they wouldn't make it because they had, of all NBA teams, all 30 teams, they had the toughest remaining schedule for the rest mm -hmm. of the season. They had two key parts. They had Jaron Jackson Jr., who's in the second year, but really has come into his own and is a good scoring option for the Grizzlies, especially with the distributor that John Moran has become for them. And Brandon Clark, who was a late first-round pick rookie this year, who has been playing really classic power forward for them and mm -hmm. really good inside with the, it got really light touch around the rim there. And those two guys were out for the next two weeks, and they had the hardest remaining schedule. Um, it was honestly surprising that they didn't fall out of the eighth seed because they had a game against the Lakers that they won somehow with just John Morant beating LeBron and AD. Maybe it was a, maybe AD was out that game, but um, I think it's beneficial for the Grizzlies because they've got this time. If they do pick up the season, they've got their two guys in Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark who won't be 
injury injured after that. Uh, and if they don't pick up the season, go straight to the playoffs, they'll already be the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really good for them, um, and I think it's really good for uh, I think guys like Kawhi who have been load managing until the playoffs, basically when they're just going to go all out and mm-hmm. balls yeah, to the wall. That's when what that I was going to say because I've got two things I was going to highlight as far as that might benefit most from this. One of which would be players that wanted to load manage. Yeah, sorry for turning this into a Grizzlies podcast, by the way. No, that's that's fine. We're talking about anything you know or anything you want to talk about. Uh, we were talking about Smash Brothers for a while there too. So yeah, we were talking about Smash Bros. Um, but yeah, I'd say players in the NBA that wanted to load manage, it might be most beneficial for them because then they won't have to now. Yeah. And certain players, I think, with basketball, unlike with football, like we talked about earlier with uh, Lamar Jackson, have might have in-home better access to similar enough facilities where they can still get up shots. They can uh, yeah. still run on the treadmill. They can still do certain things. Well, it's Might easier to get still... a basketball court installed in your home than it is to get a football field. Absolutely. And, I mean, as an NBA player, I mean, if that's I your would. passion, that would be one of the first things you would do. And that's what oh, I would do. if I get drafted, that's the first thing I do. Absolutely. And I think that and with, with NBA players, they can push themselves enough to stay in shape as long as we get an announcement soon as to where when the NBA can come back, yeah, because well, it, cardio is a much more important thing in the NBA than it is in, in, in the NFL. Not that you don't need to be in physical, uh, but you're constantly running. In the you're NBA. constantly running the NBA as far in in comparison to the NFL. I think any of those NBA players that are older might have a bigger opportunity to have more space right now to make that playoff push and let their bodies heal up and rest up and get right from anybody anybody coming off of injury has a free couple months of recuperation time and while that's it might affect their overall stamina or just needing to get back in because I know LeBron said he might need maybe 10 games or something like that most people would need 10 games or something like that to get back into that's what people the, usually say the actual the games, yeah. shape but in terms of how well your body's going to hold up you're you're not taking those hits you're not out there for 40 minutes every night right now yeah pounding and grinding so well, the older said, players a, i think that could be a bad thing though for some people yeah for if some, your body's uh, not used to taking those hits it's gonna kind of break on the first couple yeah. like i'm saying the the older athletes specifically i think benefit the most from this dude vince the, carter might just retire straight up before the season even continues that could totally happen because i just thought about that because if it doesn't continue to go straight to the playoffs like he's done his job. He played in four decades. Mm-hmm. He can just straight up die. Yeah, those uh, those older older players might benefit most. The younger players, I think, will still be fine, but might get more antsy. Might get a little more. Yeah, they're fine out there making just... TikToks. Mm-hmm. But that'll be that'll be interesting to see. And then my main, I think, storyline that benefits most from all of this is the Houston Astros because they were the biggest story in sports. Aside from Kobe and aside from COVID-19 was the Houston Astros cheating scandal. They were stealing signs. They were talking about how much they were going to get hit in the preseason, how much they were going to get balls thrown at them. It was was a big deal, and they were going to have to face the repercussions of that and go into this season as the team to beat and the team to punish on yeah and they still might bully, they, they still might but i think people once they will once sports come back yeah they will be way more enthused that there's sports than they will be upset at the astros like that if i could go to yeah. any game and the astros 
I would absolutely do it right I now. I think teams are still going to be upset and still going to want to play their hearts out against the Astros mm-hmm. because there's still going to be that stigmatism around them. But I, I agree that it'll soften the blow measurably mm-hmm. with it coming back because the enthusiasm will be much greater than, the, than the animosity was. So, so as an organization, I think they'd benefit. And then also, I know that the Yankees were supposed to be investigated as well right after the Astros. Really? And this was right when all this hit. I've, I've looked a little bit, and I think that they might have even dropped the investigation on the Yankees. But you know the Yankees with how big of an organization they are. If they were being investigated for this same sort of thing... That would have the media would have blown that up and oh, said, yeah. "Well, why are they not being investigated? Why are they not facing the same consequences the Astros are?" And and ridden that straight into the season as making them a heel. Been a huge narrative. They uh they they're sliding under the radar as far as I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's, the first that's I've heard of it. this is that's that's where that's where their benefit comes in, and I think anybody right before the shutdown of sports that needed to rest, that was having any kind of bad storyline, that just was on the wrong side of the media, is going to benefit because time heals all wounds, especially in sports. It's what can you do for me lately. And this is the biggest sports story, I would say, ever. And I, I, th- that, the COVID th- that this much is being shut down. Yeah. And not, not in like a positive light, because we want to remember the best stuff and the positive stuff. This is... Yeah. As a whole well, world during, sports story, this yeah. is the biggest thing. During World War II, they still had NFL football games. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, were, they just combined teams. The Steelers and the Eagles were the Steagles. This yeah. is the first time. This, yeah. was, this, was the, this is what I've been hearing a lot and what I've been looking a lot at is, as far as postponements and cancellations and things like that. It's the first thing that's been this way since World War II. And Even there was less postponement and cancellation. Mm-hmm. And now we're... At, that we're, now, do it. And now that we are so involved in sports and we are so connected and social media is such a big presence with the athletes and the teams, yeah. we feel it, I think, a lot more than we might have then. Even though, say, like back then you might have had your teams that you focused on. Now you just followed them. Yeah. But like me as an average Joe has access to very intimate, <laughs> like... Ugh, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Have, oh, that's we're not going to say anything else. If you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. But we have access to these athletes and these organizations in a way that we never have before, and it becomes a part of our daily lives. So for all of this to end this abruptly, mm-hmm. for every sport, is is incredibly jarring. Yeah, I think but it's but a- if you're on the way, you can benefit from that is if you are getting bad press or you're not doing well, you can come back and be the first best thing. To come back once all the sports oh, stuff finally does. Oh, people latch on. The media will latch on like nothing even happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. This is just—it's basically a restarter for everybody. Yeah, except for the Astros. But I—I I think it's—it's it's interesting because I'm betting. I wouldn't know personally, obviously, but it feels to me like the cancellation of all the sports is a very personal pain for each individual fan, and it's the 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 reach is. It's two individuals instead of like as a community of the sports fans, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I betting World War Two, all the sports being canceled, everyone as a community could kind of complain about it together. It feels more like, and even then, it's that it's less they were complaining and more that they had to rally around together. And yeah. world, I mean, sports is war. Like in in a in a microcosm, sports is Absolutely. war. Yeah, it's, and so it's when, own little universe. So everybody was on the same team, and they were all. If nothing, you had something to cheer for. You had like, and and I'm not. Not just the fear for your lives and what like whatnot, which we have in some degree with this COVID pandemic, sure. but 
we also don't have oh let's go let's go beat this COVID-19 they're not we're not cheering against them it's not like a like I said sports is a microcosm for war and this is a war against an invisible enemy we can't yeah do as much as we could in terms of our fervor and our intensity against this other than stay home and make podcasts because we're bored and we need (laughs) to drink all day yeah absolutely um but that was i mean i don't know if you have much more to say on anybody do you have any other thing people or athletes or anything that benefit from this stoppage i have a lot to say but i don't know about i don't know about sports (laughs) (laughs) no that's that's fine we we will have oh but you do have a lot to say you have made some attempts on some podcasts do you want to shout out any of the ones that you've been working on or any music you've been working on? Anything in particular? Do you want to shout out any organizations? Uh, I suppose I could, yeah. Uh, I mean, because while I'm here and you're giving me the opportunity. You have literally it's... dozens of people to <laughs> listening to you. Which is, which is wonderful. It's more than I've ever talked to at one time <laughs> in my life. Uh, it's not literally dozens. It's like seven. Ruined my day. <laughs> you know... It's it's an odd thing to kind of shout out things that aren't quite in existence, but are have the potential to be in existence. Yeah, but tell I'm... people what's on the horizon. All right. Uh, well, first we'll say my podcast with my friend and close associate Landon Morris. Got another fan of the train. Oh, uh, there he comes! Out. Right See, in the middle they're, of my they're, fucking shout they're, out. They're telling us that they're trying to kick us out right now. I guess. Wrong. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, it's man, getting it's louder. So um, <laughs> um. Let's see. No, we'll we'll, we'll finish it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll just. I'm sure it's gone already. Whatever. Re- interrupt me. Uh, I guess. So you got a podcast with Landon. I have a podcast with Landon. That's Landon Morris. Landon Morris. Don't really have an official name. Uh, but probably the Snake Pit. Maybe that's mm-hmm. uh, a it's a working title. First episode is going to be testing out the mic. We've already got it recording and everything. We just need to get the logistics of it down and actually so get it published. So just a couple of guys kind of bullshitting with each other. Yeah, just... there's literally no direction for it. We start it. We make fun of our fans. Um, we just talk. We talk about nonsense. There's no flow. There's no, there's, sorry, flow is definite thing. There's I'm no gonna, guideline. I'm going to invite myself onto that podcast already, Absolutely. No, we want to, yeah. Because for as much as, if, if you have any inkling or inclination towards squid and his ramblings this episode it's yeah. it gets way more rambly this is him imagine his most professional yeah <laughs> if i had the uh the realm the freedom to just keep rambling like that that's what the other podcast is with mm-hmm. landon yeah that would be that'd be a good time so so you got that any got any that. other stuff going on are you working on maybe making some beats or anything like that i've been trying to get some beats going a little bit i'm just garage band uh mostly playing around with my guitar and i have that cajon so i can get some very light and uh simplistic percussion going on but you know trying to record a very (laughs) in-home cd i suppose yeah everybody's got to have their thing they're working on because i mean otherwise this podcast never would have gotten off the ground and all those dozen people would not they uh, wouldn't have they wouldn't have this this joy in their life hope we're getting you by week to week (laughs) Band. Yeah, and trust me, it, it'll either get better or worse. I guarantee that. Oh, absolutely, it'll get better. It won't, I have no it won't, doubt in my mind that it'll get better. It won't stay as is now. It will get better or worse. It will get better. Total guarantee. It's not even my podcast. I'm telling you, it'll get better. Oh yeah, but you'll be on. We'll have you back on, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know what you think. If you want to have Squid back on, uh, we'll have a fist fight between him and Dakota. Yeah, and <laughs> we'll have it live on, via podcast. We won't we won't show it. Are we gonna re- we're not going to record you, the video. You guys can hear it. You guys can hear them smacking against each other. And, and you'll just have to believe that there's real tension there, and there are actual punches <laughs> being thrown. This is true. Um, but until then, I want to say thank you all for listening. 
make sure you're going out, supporting your local businesses, support those local breweries. Well, Big, not going out. I mean, if you're going out to pick up an essential, like filling up a growler, absolutely do that. <laughs> of absolutely. Okay, yeah, no, I misspoke. That's yeah, absolutely correct. Absolutely. If you, like, big shout out to Thirsty Street this week's Beer of the Week, and uh, yeah. also, we want to... I think people should just, as a side note, kind of, just make more phone calls to friends Yeah, check up on family. your Check up on your people, check yeah. up on... And not just a text. Ones. I think people, like, being in isolation, hearing your voice and hearing your tone and knowing that it's you made the extra effort as little as it is to actually make a phone call and see if somebody's okay even if it's just like a minute or two i think it's really important to show that we all love each other in the situation absolutely and a phone call is much more endearing than a text or an email reach out to someone call that you me. think might need it and, and reach out if you do need it like we nobody's doing anything reach out if you don't need it yeah no don't don't reach out if you don't need it don't take up my fucking time <laughs> Take up my fucking I'm, time. I'm sorry, mom, if you're still listening. <laughs> Your mom listens to this? She's my one female fan that I have, literally. Um, I'm glad I told her she was great then in the beginning of this, because I kind of forgot that your mom listens. Yeah. Um, I would say it even if I didn't know, obviously, because I said it when I didn't know, and yeah. now I'm still saying it. Um, Don't listen it, to this part. Just skip this part. <laughs> Edit it. Out. Yeah, we are definitely going down the rabbit hole right now. So we're going to go ahead and thirst down, so if you still have any drink with us, we're going to go ahead and cheers. Did you tell him to drink along in the beginning? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just forgot at this point. He's drinking IPAs, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't know. So are you. So, nope. Uh, nope. Cheers. Thirst down, baby. Thirst down. Delicious. Bit of a warm beer because we could let it sit, it for, sit out for a while. Yeah. Um, but thanks again for joining. Thank you, Seth, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, follow us on all the social medias, Thurston 10 Podcast or hashtag Thurston 10 Pod. All that good stuff. We will be joining you next week. I'll have a new host or one of our old hosts. New beer as well. Guest. We will be doing a cider. I can tell you that much right now. So we've got a cider and we'll be talking sports and everything delicious and local here, Thurston 10 Podcast. Yeah, thanks. It, it, um, yeah. There's got a. Do you have like a. I do. A one liner? I do. And um, I'm going to stick with it. Okay. So Sweet. thanks for joining us, people. Sweet dreams. We'll uh, catch you on the flip side. That's not bad. <laughs>